All of this is on account of we want to register to become first-class citizens. And if the Freedom Democratic Party is not seated now, I question America. Is this America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, where we have to sleep with our telephones off of the hook because our lives be threatened daily because we want to live as decent human beings in America? Thank you. Welcome to 10 Minutes on Democracy. I'm Jason Franklin, Senior Advisor at One for Democracy, and today is Tuesday, October 25th. That clip was from the powerful testimony given by civil rights activist Fannie Lou Hamer before the Credentials Committee of the Democratic National Committee on August 22, 1964. While President Lyndon Johnson attempted to prevent Americans from hearing her testimony by pulling off an impromptu and frankly contentless press conference. The attempt to keep her off the air became the story of the day, and her testimony was played on repeat by news stations for days afterward. It was a powerful and visceral reminder of the struggle to vote the Black Americans faced across the South. I play that today because it's a reminder of the violent ends used so often to prevent people of color from voting, and it's resonating again today in places like Arizona, where the first six of what will sadly likely be more cases of voter intimidation have been referred by the Secretary of State to the Attorney General and to the U.S. Department of Justice. This includes examples of like men clad in camo gear, brandishing rifles who've been loitering around the Phoenix suburb of Mesa ballot boxes, trying to dissuade people from casting their votes. Uh, The Arizona Alliance for Retired Americans and Voto Latino have actually now filed a lawsuit against these right-wing vigilantes attempting to intimidate voters. Definitely something to be looking at in the days to come where the question of will it move from intimidation to direct violence is a fear that many people are holding. So we are getting closer and closer to the election. I'm going to try not over the next two weeks to become the play-by-play of here's what each race is becoming. You can check in on any number of different news sources for those types of predictions. But overall, as we look at the pattern of what is happening in these final days, definitely still seeing tightening. We're seeing more and more elections getting closer. Republicans are making real runs at kind of democratic strongholds that they thought were out of reach this election. And Democrats themselves are trying to pivot their message. They're emphasizing more about the economy, healthcare, and savings to the American people from recent legislation that's been passed versus their more laser focus on abortion, which has been a kind of top-level message over the last few weeks. Meanwhile, Republicans are doubling down on talking about crime and inflation and attempt to keep the focus there. Real question of which way it will play out. On the flip side, you have the question of whether those message shifts even matter. And the early voting in particular makes the message changes in the last few weeks of any election cycle less and less relevant than it used to be. Especially we look at uh, Georgia, where... 838,000 Georgians had cast their ballot through last Sunday, uh, most of them in person at advanced voting sites. And that's almost 60% higher than advanced voting totals in 2018, which was the last midterm elections, meaning that more than one in 10 registered voters in Georgia have already voted. So attempts to change messages are reaching fewer people, same in Massachusetts or Vermont, Michigan, California, Florida where there's so many early ballots being sent in that you start to lock in a certain part of the vote before any of the last minute pivots. 
last thing to talk about, both as it affects the election today, but also as we look towards the trajectory of the future, is about how court cases have been playing out. We're going to, as I've said, see more and more court cases. The good news this week is that most of the court cases that are coming down um, seem to be favoring voting access. Pennsylvania is a good example. While they've ruled that Pennsylvania can continue to cure mail ballots, voters can correct small problems with their ballots and have them still counted. And the sixth justice Pennsylvania Supreme Court split 3-3 on that, which means that the trial court's order to allow counties to still count corrected ballots stays in place. Another Pennsylvania court found that they could continue to have 24-hour drop boxes as planned. And so these cases, small, but each one kind of reinforcing messages of should we have more open access to the vote or should it be more restricted? And so far, at least this week, it's been a good series of court cases coming from key states around the country in terms of how can people be able to cast their ballot. So things to keep a watch for. Overall, it's really down to the everyone in the democracy space is focused on voter turnout, focused on voter messaging. So there's not a bunch of big new stories to talk about or big new themes or issues bubbling up. But that's what we've got for this week's review of developments in American democracy. I'm Jason Franklin, and I look forward to talking with you again next week on 10 Minutes on Democracy. Take care.